Well, good morning, Victory. How's 11 a.m. doing today? It's good to see you guys. How's everybody in the back? How's, there, how's my people in the back? Y'all doing good? Wave at me, people in the back. There you are. There you are. It's good to see you guys. Did I just hear Golden Corral on this platform? Come on. I was thinking when Chad said that, I was thinking like when, I was a, when you're a kid in Golden Corral, you're like, yes. Especially that dessert bar. Come on. Anybody remember that? And when you're an adult, you're like, no. Well, we're glad you took a little time to be with us today. I pray you're doing well. Y'all well? You good? Praise God. If you have your Bible, turn over to Matthew chapter 6. And, uh, well, I got to just say this. School is definitely now in full swing. Come on, parents. God help us. Summer is almost over, and September is knocking at the door. Can you believe it? My goodness, time is flying. Which, which really, that means that we got to be very intentional. Somebody say intentional. We got to be very intentional with our calendars. Come on, we're not going to let our calendars get away from us. Come on, somebody. I heard someone say about time and time management and calendars, they said that time is the most precious commodity that we have. It's our most precious commodity. And it's so true, right? And so we've got to be intentional and good time managers. But here's what I also know. We make time for what's important to us. You might know what I'm talking about. We, we make time. Somebody say make time. So I've been a Falcon fan since I was a kid, and uh, it's been a, a depressing 51 years. And <clears throat> speaking of making time, I'm still, I still love them, though. I'm still a fan. I'm not one of those bandwagon fans that jumps on the team that's winning. I'm faithful, true, and true. Come on, somebody. Even though I need healing every year, but, uh, and every Falcon fan. But What's important to me, again, it's a fun thing, and God wants us to have fun and enjoy life also, is I will record the game. Come on, YouTube TV. I will record the game, and then I'm preaching to you guys three services back to back. I collapse finally when I get home about 3.30. I fast forward through the commercials, and I can enjoy the game in about 90 minutes. Come on, because that's important to me. I make time for that, even if I fall asleep three or four times because I'm so tired. We make time. Somebody say make time. I say all this just to leave something with you. I wanna echo what Pastor Chad said because it's so important and you hear announcements and you can go blurry on them. And is this, as we head into the fall, please don't miss the beautiful opportunity of being a part of biblical community. Don't miss it. Uh, and we, we experience biblical community, truly, it's called koinonia, that's the Greek word, that doing life together, that, that partnering together, community uh, it happens through small groups. And, and I just wanna encourage you, I love Sunday. Sunday is my favorite de- day of the week. Come on, some, anybody loves Sunday around here? We love Sunday. We love to come together and worship God. But if all you do is attend Sunday, you are missing a beautiful part of family that is greater and it happens in community and in small groups, amen? So pray about it. You don't need to hear any more about it. Dive in. Do whatever you got to do. Rearrange your calendar, but get in small groups. I promise you, at the end of this semester, before Christmas, I promise you, you will be changed and charged for the Lord, and I'm just telling you, God's going to do something special on all of us. Amen? Amen. Well, let's pray and dive right in. Holy Spirit, we welcome you now to come a little closer. We thank you for your word, and we thank you for your beautiful presence. And so, Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, help us silence the noise of very real things happening in our life. We open our hearts, we open our ears, we open our eyes to hear and see and receive your word. And we thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, help me speak 
In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, we're about to read it, starting at verse 25. While you're turning there still, today. Somebody say today. Today, if you are here in the room and you are stressed out about money and you're fearful about what's going on in our nation and the world, let me just tell you what, you're in the right place. You're in the right place. No matter, if you're, if, you're con- if you're losing sleep and anxiety is always knocking at the door of your heart, you're in the right place. Look at your neighbor and say, you're in the right place. Here's the deal. We're in week four for those who are brand new with us today, and thank you for being with us. We're in week four of a series that we're calling Trust Fund. Trust Fund. Come on. In God we trust. It's on our money. Even if they try to take it away one day, we still going to trust God. Amen. And our prayer is here at Victory and right here at Hamilton Mill is that not only will our perspective about money change to God's way, come on, how we handle money and stuff will also change because it's all God's. It all, everything we have belongs to the Lord, amen? And who knows, maybe during this series, here we are, part four, we only got one more next week. Um, here we are, I'm praying that there's some people that are getting some revelations about this, about that everything we have is the Lord's, and you're already doing things differently. I'm already hearing, I'm getting emails, I'm getting lobby conversations, people like, I've never tithed before, I've never given anything before, uh, I've, I've always had my grips on my money, I'm taking it off, I'm trusting God. I'm telling you, when you do it God's way, it's the best way, amen? And so I, I pray and I congratulate, I say, way to go, keep going. Keep doing it for God, amen? Good for you. But here's the deal, just in case that this is your first time and you have no idea what we're talking about, we've been on a journey uh, since February, really, looking at the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. We're at the end of 6. We're almost, we're we're past the middle now. We're going into 7 in a couple weeks. And so as we dive into this, we're not just talking about money to talk about money. It's in the middle of the sermon. And so Jesus talked about it right there in the middle of it. And he took a good amount of time to talk about money. Somebody say money. And possessions. And so let's pick it up now at verse 25. Are you there? Matthew 6, verse 25. And we're going to finish the chapter out today. 25 through 34. And let's let's look at this first word because this first word is very important. It is, say it with me. It is therefore. Somebody say therefore. And we're just going to pause before we keep reading because this is very important. That word, therefore, I can hear my old Bible professor now. That word, therefore, is there for a reason. And whenever you're reading the Bible, this is very important. Come on, let's all put our student hats on. No matter how young or old we are in the room, we can all be students of the word. Amen? From the front to the back, those who are watching us on YouTube and, and on Facebook right now, we are students of the word. And whenever you're reading the Bible and you see the word, therefore, pause. Pause. And then go back. Don't just keep reading or you're going to miss the secrets that are in between the lines of what God is saying. Because therefore is a conjunction adverb. And all my English teachers are like, "Woo!" It's a conjunction adverb. It shows cause and effect. It's a transitionary word. It is connecting an earlier thought to what happened before to what is about to happen Next, let me give you a couple examples. Uh, so one, uh, football is about to start in a couple weeks. I'm pretty pumped about that. And as I said, I'm a huge Falcon fan. And, and so I, they have had a good spring. They had a good camp. 
Therefore, I'm going to try to save and pinch some pennies so I can go to a game this year. All right? Let me give you another example. Um, so it snowed all during the night. This was us for three and a half years in winter in Omaha, Nebraska. Therefore, I will be working from home today. All right? I want to give you a picture for you to feel the pain that I went through every winter in Omaha. Here we got it right here. Look at this. This was every day. No joke. From January, February, March, April. Oh, yeah. It went into May. This was me. Miserable. My kid's got a smile on the face, but it's fake. All right? <laughs> I made them out there with me. All right? The, you remember when the snowpocalypse hit Georgia years and years ago? Can I just tell you, the Midwest made fun of us. Our northern brothers and sisters, they made fun of us. It was real here because we had never, like, is that snow? What is snow? Like, you know, like, we don't get it here. We just get 100-degree weather. What is going on this week? Oh, my gosh. Guys, and I did not know, this poor Bamba boy and a Texas girl and their family, us, in Omaha, Nebraska, only there because God called us there. The first winter, it literally, it broke the all-time, uh, well, not all-time, 55-year uh, snowfall. 55 years, our first winter there. God has a sense of humor. And I kid you not, my staff will tell you, this Bama boy did not come to work when it snowed because the first time I got a little cocky, got a little arrogant, and so I took my son in this kind of weather. The, the, the people in Omaha, they drive in this like it's no big deal. It's like, eh, no big deal. For us, first time I did it, I get to the red light, and I'm going really slow, and I barely touch the brakes. And this, I could see the school, Grant and I are praying and just talking, just our little 15-minute drive to school, and there's a car in front of me, then there's an intersection, and then there's a school. And somehow, in a matter of, a middle of middle seconds, I hit the brake, we go across the little median, across the, somehow we didn't hit any cars, across the whole, uh, everything there, and then run over a stop sign. <laughs> right there at the school, and all the teachers are like this. Everybody at the red light was watching. Somehow I didn't hit a car, and that was the last day I went to work on snow. So it's a real thing. It snowed today, therefore, I will be working from home today. Thank you, Zoom. All right? So again, I'm just trying to help you understand that therefore, somebody say therefore, is therefore a reason. So to summarize what we have been talking about over the last three weeks, instead of me just reading it all, which we've, we've really drilled in it, I want to give you one statement and then go right into 25, and I want you to hear it now in a different light, all right? And then maybe go back tonight and read the whole thing in context, all right? So first thing is this. We talked about this when we opened the series of Pastor Johnson. Because my home, somebody say my home. Because my home is in heaven, I'm storing up treasures in heaven. Because I have good eyes, somebody say good eyes. Because I have good eyes, come on, good eyes, I'm gonna be generous. I'm gonna bless those in need. And because last week's message, and because I'm not enslaved to money, hello, but I'm a servant of the most high God, that's each and every one of us, therefore, look at it right here now in the scriptures, therefore I tell you, the Lord says, do not worry. Did you catch that? Because of how we live and because of whose we are, therefore, Jesus says, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body and what you wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at verse 26. Look at the birds of the air, Jesus said. They do not sow or reap 
or store away in barns, and yet our heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? 27. Can any of your, now look at this, this is very important. It's right stuck in the sandwich in the middle of this, and a lot of people just skip right by. This is a huge sentence right here. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Did you catch that? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Let me just pause right there and say, uh, worry never adds to your life, it always subtracts. You will not find, what, you can do all the research you want to online, you will not find one positive thing that worry will do for you. It will take away from you. It will steal from you. It will subtract from you. And if worry is consuming your heart, actually the real word there, if you dive into it, the Greek, it's actually anxiety. Do not be anxious. And if worry, which I believe can grow into anxiety where you're even losing sleep, hello, if it's, if it's gripped your heart, can I just tell you, we gotta be a people that give our trust, we give it all over to him, amen? It will take away from you if we let worry live in our heart. Let's keep going. And it says, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Well, the answer is no. Verse 28, and why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Pause just for a moment. Uh, Solomon dressed really well. Solomon was the, that we know of, the wealthiest man who ever lived. By the way, wealth is not sin, it's what you do with it. All right? And God is giving a comparison to that. And by the way, do you know Solomon did not pray to be rich? He prayed for wisdom and God gave him riches. He never asked God for money. He could have asked God because God said, what do you want, son? He could have asked for anything. And he asked for wisdom how to rule. And by the way, you need wisdom if you're gonna have the riches. Wisdom comes from God, not smarts. Everybody's got some smarts in the room, all right? But we need the wisdom which is supernatural so we can handle God's stuff. Amen? Let's keep going. So he does the comparison there about Solomon. And he says in verse 30, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? And then he's, he just kinda, he's trying to charge us here, exhort us a little bit, that's correction and love together, exhortation, you of little faith. He's like, come on, believe with me. All right, and then he says this, so do not worry. My goodness, how many times has he said that already? How many people know repetition is a good thing? And when you hear Jesus repeating, we need to lean in. He's trying to make a major point. So do not worry and say, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? He's repeating what we read earlier. For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Now, why do you say pagans? The lost, all right? Because when you're lost, you don't realize that anybody's got your back. When you're lost, if you don't know Jesus, then you don't know the great provider, you don't know the one who has everything you need. Jeremy said it earlier in worship. He is our full resource. He's our source. When you're lost, you don't know that. You're just living for yourself, doing the best you can. When Jesus is your Lord, he's living life through you. Come on, somebody. Last two verses. 
Uh, where we go? Uh, verse 33. But, and this is the verse that a lot of people quote, and it's very important. It's an awesome verse. It's one of my favorites, but let's look at it in context. But seek first, I'm going to say first. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, there it is. There's that word again. Therefore, because of what we just read, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow, look at this. Let, let tomorrow worry. You're not going to worry. Let tomorrow worry about itself. Tomorrow will worry about itself. And then he says this. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That's Matthew 6, 25 through 34. Anybody notice a reoccurring theme we were just reading? Worry. And specifically, come on, do not worry. And I know it's easier said than done, so I want to give you some things this morning that can help us live a life that is worry-free. Amen? And that we can walk in peace and trust that our Father has our back. He's got you. He's got you and yours. Amen? And when we learn to begin to see money God's way, come on, from an owner to a steward, and we handle money and stuff God's way, can I tell you what? You'll just begin to see everything work out. You'll, be, you'll begin to see the blessings of God on your life. If you're taking notes today, the title of today's teaching is very simply, Do Not Worry. Do Not Worry. Somebody say, steward. See, we had, we, this, this is the prayer. This is the hope that as we've been going through this journey, and let me tell you, there are some people that realize the revelation of that, that you're a steward. There's other people that don't got that revelation yet. What I'm praying that all of us in the room, we leave today, that we'll realize that all that we have belongs to the Lord. I'm not an owner of my house. The Lord owns my house. I'm not an owner of my car. The Lord owns my car. Everything I have is his, and I want to use it the best I can for his glory. Amen? Why? Because I'm a steward. And when we steward God's stuff, money, possessions, all that stuff, his way, the Father has your back. Amen? My Father has my back. He's got you. God's got you. Do, do, can I ask you a question? Do we believe that God's got us? Yeah? Here's the question I want us to go there if we can. Just like if we went deep, deep inside. Do you and I believe, really believe, that if we handle money and stuff God's way, that he will provide. Amen. Well, let's, let's just talk about this for a second. How many people, and you don't have to do a sign of hands. The 9 a.m. gave me a big mmm, so maybe we'll make that the sign today. All right? Not by sign of hands, and you don't have to answer anyway, but just think about this for a minute. How many of us, we really try to do it God's way, or we are actually doing it God's way, but we still have a lot of worry and stress living inside. Think about that. Man, I'm trying to do it God's way. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing the best I can. But man, I mean worry and stress and anxiety. And come on, it doesn't make any easier that we're living in times of some of the highest inflation in 40 years. Uh, it's like, what bank's gonna close tomorrow? The stock market is cuckoo right now, up and down and all around. By the way, I'm bringing things up that man put trust in and we can't put our trust there. 
Because no matter what happens to the stock market, no matter what happens to the next bank, no matter what's going on in the world, we've got to be a people that anchor ourselves and our trust in the Lord. And when you do it his way, he will provide. He will provide. Amen? That will play with your mind. Come on, I'm, the, I'm guilty as charged. It will play with your mind. You hear this news, you hear that, you see they're like, my gosh, what is happening? And God's like, I got you, son. I got your family. You're trusting me, you're obeying me, I've got you. And we've gotta get to that point that we really truly believe, come on, like Thomas, we need to admit sometimes, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. That's okay to be honest with God about that. Actually, that's where freedom is really found in healing is when you're honest with God, amen? So when we handle God's stuff his way, listen to me, he will take care of you. He's got you. Our father doesn't want his children, us, you and me, full of stress and anxious. And you're just waiting for the ball to drop. Like, what's going to happen today? God doesn't want us to live that way. That, I would just submit to you, that's not really living. That's called stressed out. And listen, I will just say this. You can take this to the bank since we're talking about money, all right? Pun included. You can take this truth to the bank and deposit in your heart. When we do life and money God's way, let me tell you what, he will take care of his children. And you just got to know that. Not here. Listen, we know it here. You got to know it in here. We got to, I'm talking to myself, we got to know it in our hearts. Amen? So let's look at, I'm going to give you three ways real quick. Let's look at ways, three ways, uh, how, to, how to kick worry out of our heart. And how about this? We slam the door on the way out. Like we, we truly, we confront worry. We uninvite it. See, some of us have invited worry and stress in our lives. And we need to say, no, no, no more. I'm going to trust God. It's out of my control. That's what we really worry about, isn't it? The things that are out of our control. Well, guess what? When things are out of our control, God's still in control. Amen? So let's look at this together. How to close the door on worry. Or I want to just say slam the door. How to slam the door on worry. Number one, this is very important. We got to get this. This is where we got to start. We got to change our language. Change our language. It starts in our mind, and then it's got to come out our mouth. All right? And here's the deal. There's a big difference between needs and wants. Needs and wants. For my younger people in the room and older people that love to play some games, I need that game. It just came out. I got to get it. I, I need those shoes. Oh, my gosh, those shoes. I got to get those shoes. I need that furniture. I, I, we've had this furniture for at least two years now. I need that furniture. I need that car. Well, you got a great car. Yeah, but I, I, I need that car. You don't need, I don't need those things. I want those things. I want those shoes. I want that car. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on. Needs are not wants, and wants are not needs. Somebody's like, Pastor Chris, you can stop now. We can quit talking about this. Each of us, listen, I'm, I'm clear myself on this. Each of us fight that temptation just of the want. And listen, it doesn't make things any easier in society that we live in where, come on, like, my gosh, we're bombarded with the most newest, latest, greatest product at what feels like almost every day. Have you ever noticed, like, I can't even keep up anymore? 
It's like the newest, the most shiny, the, the latest, greatest product, whatever it is. It's like, I got to have it. The newest iPhone, uh, you know, and, and what, iPhone 25 is going to come out next week, it feels like. I don't even know what number we're on anymore. It doesn't matter. I've told Lisa, I'm done. I can't keep up. The latest Nike drop. Oh, those Southern. The, the trip over there. We've got to do this. We're going to go around the world. We've got to do that. Or the box seats at this. Got to get that. I want it. I want it. But here, here's what we know. Listen, we, we've got to understand this. Deep down, somebody say deep down. We're going to be okay if we don't purchase the latest or the greatest. Anybody hear me? I mean, it's like, we're going to be okay. It's just like, no. Let, let just know. Let it be an art of no. Let it, let it come from deep inside. And you're not telling other people. You're telling yourself. You're like, oh, I got, oh, it looks so shiny. And you're like, no, no, no. We're going to be okay. I don't have to have it. All right? Because why? There's a big difference between needs and wants. And here's what we got to understand because at the end of the day, there's not a, there's not a whole lot that we really need. I'm going to spell that out for us in a second. But there sure is a whole lot that we want. Are you with me? Look right here on the screen. Uh, repeat a couple of these verses. It's very important. So do not worry, 631, if you still have your Bible open. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Now look what we highlighted on this one. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows, come on, save me, that you need them. God knows. God knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom. Now that, that right there, that seeking, that word there is passionately. That word there is consistently. Come on, seek him. Seek his kingdom. Sing it, seek him with all your heart. Seek him with everything within you. Seek him consistently. And then it says, and his righteousness. What is that? That's like Christ-like living. That's like be like Jesus. Righteous living. And then it says, and all these things will be given to you as well. You know, as I said earlier, we, we, we love this verse. And again, I, I remember Matthew 6, I'm a church kid and, uh, and proud of it. I'm thankful to be a church kid. And this was one of the verses I think I learned at seven or eight years old. But we need to understand the context of this verse because what it's not saying is that if I put, put God first, sorry, I'm having a hard time getting words out of my mouth this morning. If we put God first, that we can get whatever we want. That's not what it's saying. All right, I'm gonna put you first, Lord, and I'm gonna get that double the size of house. I'm gonna get that car. I'm gonna get that. No, no, that's not what God is saying. God is actually saying, if you put me in my kingdom first, all these things, somebody say all these things. All these things shall be added unto you, shall be given to you. Well, what are all these things that he's talking about? The food, the drink, the clothes. It's, it's those tangible, physical needs. It's, it's the bare necessities that we need, the things that we need to live. That's what we're talking about. Can we, he's saying, I can take care of that. I will give you what you need. Somebody say need. And somebody's like, but I want that. And there's nothing 
wrong with wants as long as the wants are submitted to the Lord. Amen? God promises, listen, this is very important, from what we just read, Matthew 6, seek my kingdom first and my righteousness, and all these things will be given to you or added to you. What Jesus is really talking about, he's saying, I will meet all your needs, but here's what we gotta understand. He never promised to meet all of our wants unless they're submitted to him. Give you a couple of verses. Psalms 34, I love Psalms 34. I could live all day in Psalms 34. I encourage you to go there if you don't know where to read. Uh, Right here, look at this. The young lions lack and suffer hunger. So look what he's talking about there, hungry, all right? But those who seek the Lord, somebody say seek the Lord. I told you what that is. That's passionately, consistently seeking him and his kingdom. But those who seek the Lord, here's the promise, shall not lack any good thing. God will take care of us. Amen? Another verse real quick, Psalms 37, all right? I could give you tons, I'll just give you two. Once I was young and now I am old. How about we just say older? Once I was young, now I am older, yet I have never seen the godly. Somebody say godly. That's very important. It's not everyone that, that can walk in this promise. Yet I've never seen the godly, excuse me, the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. There's the promise that when we live like Jesus, godly, the promise is our children will not go begging for bread and we will never be abandoned. Amen? So just kind of a note in this before we move to point number two, a lot of Christians, I, I believe this, a lot of Christians have stopped giving and, and really being generous because they say they can't afford to give. They can't afford to bless a person or to be generous. And, and here's what I would say for most people, not all people, but for most people, I'll even just say like 99% of people, when you drill down on what's really going on in their finances, and I've had a lot of conversations with people, and people have been very trusting and vulnerable to say, Pastor Chris, Lisa, look at, show us, help us. And that's awesome. You have the heart of a student, you wanna learn, you're gonna grow and go places. But for most people, when you drill down, when they say they can't afford to give to God, they can't afford to tithe, they can't afford to be generous, when you really drill down and go there, you find out that most people, and we've been there and done that, we've overextended ourselves financially. We got three or four credit cards. We bought tons of things that we don't need, and now we're drowning in debt. Of course we can't give anything. And on top of that, listen to me, with all what I just mentioned, we find ourselves completely stressed out, losing sleep, and in our subconscious, we're blaming God for the predicament we're in. When God is like, what are you talking about? I never told you to purchase those things. And can I just, can I just say this to us also? Lisa was saying some things to me after service in the 9 a.m. We need to tell worry. Here's, here's what, someone said this a long time ago. We need to give our worry to God and just go to sleep. We need to give our worry to God. Worry will steal from your sleep. Anxiety. I've gone through times with anxiety ruling my heart where my hands were just shaking because of anxiety deep inside. We were going through difficult time. And I just, I had anxiety in me and I'm like, God, I gotta get a hold of this thing. 
And I was trying to control things. I was trying to fix things. Come on, when we get involved with that stuff, we just mess it up. We screw it. We gotta give that to God and put our trust in him. And guess what? He will work it out for the best. Amen? Say it to you like this about this wants and needs. God, right here on the screen, God has promised to meet my needs, but he will not provide for my greeds. God has promised to meet my needs, but he will not provide for my greeds. Needs are not wants, and wants are not needs. And we've got to change right here the thought patterns, and then we've got to change our mouth, our language, because God promises to meet our needs, not our wants. Number two, how do we slam the door? How do we close the door on worry? The first one is we've got to change our language. The second one, this is a word that just rolls off your tongue real well, embrace contentment. Contentment. You know, I don't hear that word. You're not going to hear that word in society today, by the way. Be content. Embrace contentment. Somebody say contentment. Come on, get in your spirit. Get that word in there. Listen, again, I want to say this. I'm not saying that wants are bad, but we got to understand a lot of the pursuits of our wants have got us into the situation that we're in, and that's where worry is birthed. If we can just be real about it, God is okay with you having stuff. I'm just bragging about Solomon. I could, do, I could go about David. He's a good father that gives good things to his kids. He wants us to be blessed. He wants us to prosper. He just doesn't want all those things to have our hearts. He wants us to take our grip off it and hold everything very loose at any moment to be able to use what we have for his glory, to be a blessing to others because you can never outgive the great giver, our father. Amen? He loves to give good things to his kids. God never rebuked King David for having wealth. There's no vow of poverty that Christians have to take. And I, I, want, and I want to say this about you. Like I said this last week, but there's probably some people need to hear this. Some of us need to break off us a spirit of poverty. That's not of the Lord. And I'm not a name it, claim it guy and prosperity gospel. That stuff's not from the Lord either. I'm just telling you, we need to be a people that are walking in the balance and the wisdom of God. All that we have is his, and God use all that we have for your glory. Amen? That's what God's called us to do. God's not upset with you if you bought a third pair of shoes or a 15th pair. How many do... Anyway, so... So you don't have 15, I think it's like 50. I mean, uh, 15. But, but what we got to understand, I'm kidding, she does not have 50. Uh, but what we need to understand, I'm seriously in trouble later. So uh, I didn't say that in the nine. So uh, what we got to understand is that 90, 90% of us, 99% of us, what we're stressing about is our wants. It's not our needs. And we've bitten off more than we can chew financially. That's what gets us in trouble. That's what got me in trouble through the years. I want that. I, I mean, I mean, I, it, my heart was in a good place. I want, and some people have heard this story, so I'm not going to go in details. But I bought a house and a car over 27 years of marriage that I never should have bought, and it put us in major debt. It bound us to debt, and by the grace of God, because I was begging Him, even though He's not a God that we have to beg, I was like, God, get me out of this. And I'm just telling you, like, it bound us. We were bound. I wonder how many people in the room are bound. That is not the will of God for any of us. 
And can I tell you what? I learned my lesson. If we make mistakes, come on. If we make mistakes and we fail at things, don't stay stuck in the mistakes and the failures. Learn from them and move forward in God. Amen? We don't have to stay stuck in that stuff. So I learned from those things. Guys, I mean, it was up to one day I'm buying this house for my wife because we deserved it. She needed that house. This is a great house. We were in Texas. Everybody's got a house in Texas. They got guns and houses. That's what everybody's got in Texas. And trucks. We had a little car, you know. And, but here's the deal. All that going on, you know what I was doing? I was comparing myself. We already had a rental house. We didn't need to buy a house. And I remember, like, the angels were there when we were signing. Like, Don't do it. Lisa was there like, because she has said everything she could say. And I'm like, I'm doing this for you, baby. I'm doing this for you. Anybody, can we be real in church? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Can I tell you what? God did not bless that. That was my greed. I was living in comparison. I made a decision based out of comparison, based out of what Chris wanted. And I did, in deep, deep, inside my heart, I wanted my girl to be blessed, but I was dealing with comparison. Everybody else got a house. All the other pastors got a house. We're in a rental house. Feels like it's falling apart. I want to get you a nice brick house. It wasn't God. You know what? We were not able to give that year until God got us out of it. And I said, no more. I learned my lesson, sir. We got to learn, people. Amen? We gotta learn and so we can move forward and not stay stuck in these things. It is the plan of the evil one. I don't know why I'm going on this right now, but this is not on my notes. But somebody needs ears. The enemy wants you to remain bound the rest of your life. God wants you free. That's why Jesus came. Not just about your money and stuff, for your life. For your life. And if we don't bring our wants under control, then we're constantly gonna be worried. Listen, this is very important. If we don't bring our wants under control, we're constantly gonna be worried about our needs. Did you hear that? I flipped it on you. If we're so focused on all our wants, then we're really going to be worrying about the needs. And God says, I got your needs. And so we've got to learn how to deal, how to live with, excuse me, contentment. Now, let's look at it. Uh, Philippians 4. Paul gives us a secret of how to live in contentment. He says this in Philippians 4, and I encourage you to go there and read the whole chapter later. Be a student of the word, not just a hearer, not just listening to the message today. Dive into this later and see what the Holy Spirit shows you. But just three verses for the sake of time. Right here at verse 11, Paul, Paul gives us the secret of how to be content. Not that I was ever in need, he says, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. There's that word there, learned. That means he, he went through some things that he learned this, all right? Verse 12, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I, there, here it is again. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or with little. Now, look at this. Here's the context of the verse here. For I can do everything, or maybe your translation would say all things, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Can we say that last one again, that last sentence? For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. See, Paul, he went through a myriad of experiences in the seasons of his life. When he was Saul, he was a very, very wealthy man. Top religious leader of his class. I mean, he was the man. 
And, but he also went through poverty. He was in jail. He was, I mean, he went through ups and downs and all around. And he's saying, I've learned the secret, guys. I had plenty and I had little, but I had peace in my heart because I learned how to be content. And the way that you learn how to be content is not in your own efforts or on your own strength, because guess what? In our own, we'll never be content. But in the strength of the Lord, I can do, I can be content with the strength of the Lord. I can say no to the wants. I can say no to the greed. I don't need that. Amen? Some of you, I want to give you real quick just a kind of a, I'll call it a guide or a compass. Some of you know this. Uh, you've heard about it before. It's called the circle of blessing. And I want us to look at this. It is found from actual verse in the Bible, Psalms 25. Look at it right here, and then I'll show you this little graphic on the screen. This is, uh, this is David, and it's in the Living Bible. It says this, where is the man who fears the Lord? That's a good question. God will teach him, the man who fears the Lord, how to choose the best. Mm. He shall live within God's circle of blessing and his children, come on, his children will inherit the earth. So I want, us to, I want us to look at something real quick if we can. This circle of blessing. I want to throw a, a first image up here on the screens. And this is a kind of a, like almost in a way doing a budget. Hopefully everybody in the room, you have a budget. If not, please do a budget. You don't know anything of where money's going unless you do a budget. But this would be kind of a, a little exercise that you could do where you write on one side your needs and you write on the other side your wants. And then you put them in a circle. And you submit the needs you, you need. The wants we submit to the Lord and say, God, trim away whatever you need to trim away, even if it hurts. Right? And so you, you do that. And I'll just throw out some needs like housing, utilities. These are needs groceries, gas, cell phone. I mean, you gotta, I mean, back in the day, we didn't need it, but today, it's like, you gotta have a cell phone. Clothes, thank you, Lord. Transportation, all right? Those are needs. Somebody say needs. And then wants. Holy Spirit, help us. All right, wants. There's a big one called entertainment and probably a lot of sub points under that, all right? And, uh, you know, the, the streaming networks, this, that, all kinds of stuff, you going out, all these things, all right? And I'll just kind of tell on myself for a moment something that we've done. We have really pulled back on the streaming, and I'm proud to say that by, I think it's October, we'll only have one streaming network that I'm allowed to have, <laughs> and YouTube TV, because I want to watch my Braves and my Falcons, all right? That's it. That's all I got. We've gotten rid of them because we honestly didn't need all that. We had like eight or nine of them. And after a while, 14, 13, all those things add up, don't they? And the Lord's like, hey, when is enough enough? And so we we put it and we put everything and we've submitted it to the Lord and say, God, you'll take care of our needs. The wants are yours. Show us what you want us to let go of. And then the wants that you allow us to keep, Father, thank you. And so this is where we'll move into the next image right here under the circle of blessing. Is as you grow and as you're being a good steward, because come on, the Bible says, if you take care of what he gives you, he'll give you what? 
more. But if you don't take care of what he gives you, I'm simplifying because of time. If you don't take care of what he gives you, he will take it away and give it to someone that will be faithful. All right. So what you want to do is as more money comes in, your personal want and need circle doesn't get any bigger, but your greater circle of ability to bless grows. The more money comes in, you're able to bless people, you're able to bless your children, you're able to save, and you're able to meet needs of people in the community and be generous where you can. So you can see your circle of personal wants and needs doesn't grow bigger. The big overall circle of your life does because now you're walking in generosity. Now you're walking in blessings for others. Image number three. Now look at this. What happens for a lot of people is you make more money. And here's, here's a head scratcher for, I remember back in my 30s, I'm making more money, but we're more in debt. I, what's happening here? I wasn't managing God's stuff well. I just kept buying more stuff. So guess what happens? When you have more money come in, and, but you keep buying more wants and you don't stay where your needs are, your circle gets bigger personally, your debt gets bigger, and you're not able to bless as many people as you want to or be generous. Or finally, the image number four, after everything, you're consumed with everything about you, you're full of debt, you're, you can't do anything, and now your ability to bless has been strapped and capped. And everything is revolved around your wants and needs. Come on, go back to image number two. Church, this is where God wants us to live. He wants us to live in a place of being, we're being very practical in this moment, but of our, of our needs and our wants, all right? The wants that God approves, but also as money comes in, it's not going to my personal circle, it's going out. It's going out to bless. Come on, somebody. God's called us to be agents of blessings, He's called us to be generous, and some of us so bad want to be generous, but our circle, our personal circle is so big, and God's like, come on, let me use you. I believe most of us in the room, we want to be generous with what God's given us, but our circle's so full of stuff, so full of stuff, and we're so bound to debt, we're not able to give like God wants us to. But let me say this, with the help of the Holy Spirit and with some serious intentionality, we can turn things around to this image right here. Amen? We can turn things around. You don't have to be stuck and be bound. We can be fine with enough. We can be content. Amen? We can be content. And God continued, excuse me, he can continue to use us, use us to bless others and be generous. And you know what? Our personal circle didn't have to get bigger. The generosity circle will get bigger. Amen? No more overextending, no more fifth credit card. We can start truly living beneath our means so that we can be agents of blessings and generosity. Amen? And finally, as we close out, number three, how do we slam the door of worry? We trust God as our provider. Somebody say, trust God. So simple, we know it. You've heard it probably all your life, trust God. My trust is in God, in God we trust. And today, Jesus is giving us an invitation. He's giving us an invitation to get our lifestyles back under control. Amen? Listen, God isn't wanting to take away your enjoyment. He's trying to take away your worry. God, God wants you to enjoy life. There's a lot of scriptures about that. He gave us one life. He wants you to enjoy it. But Lisa and I, 
We're having so much fun being with you guys. We enjoy life. You can be on mission and be in the will of God and enjoy it. I'm happier than I've ever been in my life. I'm enjoying what God has called us to do. It's work. It's hard. We're fighting demons left and right. But I'm enjoying life because we're in his will and we're doing what he's asked us to do. God wants you to enjoy life. The thief comes to steal your life. And he can do it through worry. Worry is a peace. Like literally, it's a thief of peace. Say it to you like that. And it will rob us from being generous if we allow it. Worrying about tomorrow, you know what? It is stealing from a lot of people today. We're so worried about what's gonna happen tomorrow. We're, we're not living today. We're not enjoying today. That verse I read earlier, look right here. Can all our worries, if we can throw it on the screen, Matthew 6, can all of our worries, all your worries add, somebody say add. Can all of our worries add a single moment to your life? It, it can't. Worry always subtracts. It always takes away. Worry never adds. Let me tell you who does add. Jesus adds. He says, I've come to give you life and that abundantly. Jesus is always adding. Actually, Jesus is big in the math. He's in the multiplication. All right? Loaves and fishes, hello, right there. So, I know, I get it, church, I get it. And it jumps on me from time to time. There is so much fear and worry and anxiety in the world. We're all just kind of waiting for the ball to drop. And, but I just wanna say, it can't be in the people of God. It can't be. Amen? This is why so many people in the church and out of the church are sick all the time and full of ulcers in their body because of anxiety. Church, that is not the will of God for you. That's not the will of God for your marriage. That's not the will of God for your children. Come on, our children feed off us, parents. What we worry about, they take it to a whole nother level internally. May our homes be full of peace, amen? You know why? Because we trust God. Jesus came to set us free from worry and anxiety. He wants to liberate us so we can be at peace. We can walk around in joy, whether we are in lack or we're in plenty, God's got us. And I'm, I'm truly afraid, church, that when we get to heaven, not that, just run with me on this for a moment because there will be no fear in heaven, but I'm afraid that when we get to heaven and we see our Father, the Father's gonna be like this. Why all the fuss? What were you worried about, Chris? And this is, this is I journaled this the other day because he was speaking to me about it. Why were you holding on to worry and stress? Why were you holding on to it? Son, I told you to give it to me. You were never meant to carry that. You weren't made to carry that. Give me your worries. Give me your fears. I'm speaking to everybody in the room right now. That's what the Lord's saying to us. Give it to me. Many Christians are carrying cares and the burdens of life. Some of you are very strong, but you were never meant to carry that. None of us were. Jesus took all that to the cross so he could carry it for us. Amen? And we've got to learn every day. I don't know, it might have to be three or four times a day, but especially when we go to bed tonight, we just unload it. Unload. It says actually cast. We just need to throw it off us. Just here, take it. It needs to be like that. Take it, Lord, I can't carry it. God's like, you're right, you can't. Let me carry it. Come on, give all our worries to God and go to sleep. 
Give all your worries to God and just go to sleep. Be at peace. Amen? How do we do that? By trusting in Him. First Peter says it. Give all your worries and cares to God. For He cares for you. He cares about you. Affectionately, personally, earnestly, He cares for us. And I need to say this to us in the room today as we close. We're the kids of the kingdom. We're God's kids. We're not orphans. In the Bible, orphans means fatherless. But can I tell you, as Christ followers, even if you didn't have an earthly daddy, all of us as Christ followers have a heavenly daddy. I call him Papa. He's my Papa. He's my father. He's got me. He's got you. He's got your children. He's got your future. We're sons and daughters of the king, and some of us in the room, heaven forbid, and I pray it stops today, you know you're a son and daughter of the king, but you're living like an orphan. You're trying to do life in your own strength, in your own efforts, and God's like, let me do it through you. Come on, you've got the heavenly court behind you, cheering you on. We've got the Father who has everything we need. He is our source. We are sons and daughters of the king. He's got the provision. He's got our protection. He's got our security. It's all in him. And look, if he looked after the, just like Jesus said, if he looked after the birds and the flowers, how much more will he look after us? Amen? He looks after us. We're his kids. Come on, can we thank the Lord in this moment that we are his kids? Can we stand together? And here's the deal. When we do life God's way, life, somebody say life, that includes everything. And yes, we're talking about money and possessions, but when we do life God's way, he says this, therefore, do not worry. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much. And we just come to you right now. Will you just agree with me? Father, we just want to repent for worrying so much. Lord, we repent for just clinging on to everything and being fearful. God, we repent of looking everywhere but looking up because your word says, where does your help come from? It comes from above. God, you are our help. You are our security. You are our provision. You are our protection. And Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray even as we close out with this song, God, you would just begin to wash away all the worry in this room, all the worry that's in our hearts, Lord God. And even tonight, Lord God, when we go to bed, we'll make a willful decision. Nope, I'm not gonna worry. No worries. I'm gonna walk in peace. I'm gonna trust in you. I'm gonna stand on your promises. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness, oh God. We bless you. We praise you. And God, as we close this service out, bragging on you, Lord, we turn everything to you. Can we lift our hands and our hearts to the Lord right now? God, we say, great is your faithfulness. We brag on you, oh God. You will never let us down. You will never abandon us. Great is your faithfulness. Come on, let's tell them together. My anchor to the ground. My hope and firm foundation. You'll never 